Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everybody. This is Tina Horn. And I'm so excited to be doing a crossover episode. Karen Lee Potter and Cam Potter of Sex Talk with My Mom. Do you guys want to say hi? We're happy to be here. Hi, we're so happy to be here with Tina. It's kind of, neither of us has the home field advantage, actually, because we're in the ACAST studios. Which I guess is both of our homes. That's true. That's true. Welcome home. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome home home to you. (laughs) And I'm excited to do a crossover episode. I think the thing that would be really great would be for you guys to introduce yourselves and um, talk a little bit about the history of the show and what it's about for any of my listeners who are not already overlap listeners. Sure. Mom, do you want to... I'm ready when you are. What's your origin story? Our origin story. It's actually, it's got light and dark qualities to it. I yeah, love that. Some Dimension. Good. Very dark uh, qualities, actually. It, I call it like a, you know, like Shakespearean tragedy and comedy. Okay, okay. I like our, that. For the record, our show is a comedy, but what you're about to hear is not so comedic. Anyway, it came out of my father's death, actually. Okay. Which happened when I was 17, which was 11 years ago. Um, and the way he died was that he was murdered. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a really sudden, tragic, out-of-nowhere thing. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time, but yeah. that is awful. It was, it was wild. Yeah, and thank you. After that situation, it really took us for a loop. Of I course. mean, she, my mom started her own YouTube channel. Well, mom, you can express. Well, basically, what happened was that I um, was single again, and and I'd been uh, married for 24 years. I had no idea what I was doing, so I thought, well, I'll look on the internet for some advice, and yeah. there was no dating advice at all that I could relate to since I was in my 40s, and uh, no one really was in my particular situation. And so I thought, you know, well, I'll just start my own. I'll start my own cool. dating dating and sex advice uh, channel, which I thought was going to be mostly like dating advice for women my age. But what happened was it became dating advice for guys 18 to 30, mostly sexual. So <laughs> I, I, when and I left uh, for college, it was uh, her, she was like, I'm starting a, a, a channel. It's going to be about how to date after divorce or death. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, mom, you should do this. People need this help. And then Good like within months, I, I saw videos that were like, cougars talk about penis size. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> porn stars tips on oral sex. It was like. On your mom's channel. On my mom's yeah, channel. Yeah, gotcha, I gotcha. mean, after yeah. a while, if you can't beat them, join them. I mean, that's what they want to talk about. Nobody wanted to talk about reinventing yourself after a divorce. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's it just, all part and parcel it, it, of the that same got thing, 200 right? 200 views, you know? Porn stars talking about penis size, 4 million. Which one would you do? <laughs> wow, wow. Um, well, they say um, comedy is tragedy plus time, right? Right. So, so then I started talking about her channel in my stand-up, because oh, I'm cool. a stand-up comic. Right, right. And that was always the best received 
material. Right. So right. and then so I started making whole sets that were just about my mom and yeah, her he, being he literally a, a, a self-proclaimed sex expert and cougar. Right. Right. And then people were like, this is hilarious. Is it real? And I'm like, I don't know how much more real it gets. Like, how can I? I was trying to sell her book at one point. Yeah. My book is called A Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I reinvested awesome. the word cougar because so, I know awesome. I couldn't really figure out a way to, to explain like a an older woman who's still, you know, got her sexy on, you know, and and is interested in, you know, confidence and all that kind of stuff. So I, I redefined cougar to be a confident, older, unique, genuine, assertive, and racy woman. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Something to I feel like to. we keep, I, I, I think, Tina, I've seen some of your podcasts and you don't seem to be stunned by much, but somehow I feel like I'm, I'm like constantly stunning you right now. <laughs> No, no, I, you're right. I'm not stunned by much. I think that I am, well, I'm, I'm certainly not stunned by the idea of a woman over 40 being confident and, and racy and having a thriving sex life and discovering new things. But I think I'm just really moved by the story. Oh, that's oh, great. That's sweet. Yeah. And, you know, I, I am also really moved by the fact that you do, that, that you guys do the show together and that you figure out how to navigate those boundaries about having a, about talking about sex but it's it is also important to figure out where your boundaries are right yeah and you know in in my work a lot of what i end up talking about because i have a background in sex work and a lot of sex workers in my community there is this total myth and misconception that sex workers porn stars sounds like you you know i know you guys have interviewed nina hartley and mm -hmm. you've talked to lots of porn stars there's this misconception that if you use sex in your work whether it is performing in porn or being a dominatrix or having a show where you talk explicitly about sex or get up on stage and talk about sex that people think that then you have bad boundaries you have no boundaries yeah, yeah. but actually you have to be much more sophisticated that much more sophisticated about navigating your boundaries totally yep. that's been a big thing for us figuring out i mean we've always had a closeness because of my father's death yeah. i mean that really brought us close and made us more open and then when she started started this pod or this YouTube channel, it became very you know the all there. It was clearly an open dialogue with me and the rest of the internet. Yeah. So, so we actually had to establish the boundary of what where should we stop talking about this to, to allow us to have our own lives and to mm -hmm. you know make sure that I've individuated enough for my mother. Yeah. Well, I listened to that episode where you guys interviewed the woman who does phone sex, um, mm. and you guys were talking about your discomfort with with skyping with each other while oh listening God. to someone have a live orgasm yeah. and that's so you know, awkward you discovered you discovered that boundary yeah. uh, it's, it's yeah. weird yeah. Being in real time that it's was a weird. boundary that was definitely a boundary weird it's, it's in general it's weird to be aroused when your mother is in the room or yeah. present at, or present and you're looking at her in the eyes yeah, as this, I, yeah. I could not be aroused i was just too weird it was just too i don't even know if you weren't in the room if i would have been aroused i don't know that was just awkward for me and in general yeah yeah i mean it's a new frontier i mean we have such a strong taboo about talking about sex about families talking about sex about talking about sex in public about even talking about it with our our friends uh, talking about it talking about it with our part with our partners the people who we have sex with right right, right. oh yeah so many yeah. so many strong taboos so that then even when you get to the the point of experiencing 
somebody else's sexuality, whether you are having sex with them, whether you are seeing some kind of live sex show or, uh, you know, experiencing, uh, you know, a, a phone sex uh, orgasm, you know, is sort of a virtual, uh, mm-hmm. um, virtually mediated sexuality or like going to a play party. I don't know if you guys have, have been to like play parties or orgies or. No, we've we talked, are, we've talked about like it. That. I am, I'm really finding out that I'm extremely boring. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. There's still time. <laughs> Will you tell us a little about your podcast sure. and how this? What is your origin story? Yeah, I'd like to know a lot about your background and and how that started. And so you you talk to people who tend to be. Why, like on the fringes, right? Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, why are people into that? Is a show where every episode I have a different guest, and that guest chooses a subject related to sex, kink, gender, and or love. Mm-hmm. It's um, often a very raunchy show, very sexually explicit. Uh, people telling true stories about their lives and uh, talking dirty, but it's also very political, very feminist, um, and uh, sometimes veering into theoretical or intellectual but then there's also a lot of practical advice so why are you into that what why like yeah. you could have i mean i can understand if you want a podcast because it's a creative expression you have ownership over it yeah. but why sex and why you know and, wait, and where did you, and where did you grow up Oh, sure. So I grew up in Northern California and lived in Northern California most of my life. I've been in New York City for six years. I started doing sex work when I was 24 in the Bay Area. I got my start doing professional BDSM, which is, you know, is another way of saying that I was a dominatrix. I had a very sort of expansive approach to BDSM where it was not always just being a dominatrix, you know, I would do professional submissive sessions and a lot of like fetish and fantasy exploration with clients. How um, did a nice little girl like you start doing BDSM dominatrix stuff? You know, a lot of nice girls do. <laughs> I know a nice girl. Some of the uh, nicest you... girls I know are. I was being sarcastic, Tina. <laughs> no, I but like, I no, and I, but I'm being serious. You know, being in the Bay Area, I was living in Oakland, and being a theatrical person and a sort of anti-establishment person BDSM or you know kink and fantasy exploration was a place that I could explore a lot of you know the human condition and and you know meet a lot of interesting people and uh, I guess I'm just like endlessly curious about sexuality and so getting to meet people in real time and and learn about this huge spectrum of sexuality and desire from doing that work was incredibly gratifying and that's why I did it for a very long time and so how there was old an were you when you were doing that? I I basically did it from the age of 24 to 34 you know and the other thing is that there's an amazing community of very supportive people of all genders really but a lot of women doing that work and 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 other sort of forms of of related sex work at the time uh, and st- to this day actually um and so discovering that community was a, a, a really in, as integral a part of it as the mm. the business part and and the making money. You know, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, really that, it's interesting that you say that because I was just saying the other day I went to Exotica in Chicago. Oh, cool! Everyone there was so nice. Everybody oh, yeah. was nice. I mean, nobody's there in a bad mood. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's nice. Everybody's into it. Everybody's polite to each other. It just it was a very happy community. So yeah, yeah. I mean, people. Yeah, like perverts and exhibitionists and. 
sex workers get a bad rap for sure. (laughs) But I think it is related to what we were just talking about, about boundaries. You know, it's like when you sort of push past the perimeters of what is supposedly acceptable behavior and you realize that so many of those things are, um, you know, have held you back or are limiting um, and you're exploring that with other people and you're learning about all of these modes to explore. Like BDSM has so many tenants about consent and negotiation and and aftercare and learning and, and, and growing and community support. And you like learn all of those things in, you know, in this sort of underground and then you're like oh, I don't have to have weird power trips on people or be mean. Also, you're getting laid all the time, so you're in a great mood all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it is endlessly fascinating. Yeah. I I think it's like (laughs) once you push into that area, there's, I mean, there's so much to explore. Yeah. Yeah, and Tina, can you at this point ever have a monogamous relationship? Um, well, you know, for me being non-monogamous, I consider to be an orientation in the same way that I identify as queer. So I, I, I feel that I am, and, and in the same way that I identify as kinky. So for me, it's like an innate part of me. I don't necessarily feel as much now, uh, I don't feel as much drive for having experience with as many different people as I used to but I think that all of those experiences of like being really slutty and like being an ethical slut has also made me realize the ways that I can get those needs met other places when I'm tired and don't feel like going out to try to get laid, you know? So like, for example, like love and intimacy with my friends, um, you know, lots and lots and lots of me parties, you know, like uh, solo sex time, like taking myself on a date and like keeping my sex life with myself interesting. And Hmm. so the answer to your question is, is no, I don't think that I could be monogamous, but I wouldn't be surprised if I would go years and years without having sex with more than one person do you, do you think it, it required all, like a bunch of experimenting with different people to get to the point that you can identify exactly what you prefer and for me it did but i mean it's really just like any other taste i think it's like some people want to watch every movie and listen to like i like you have a beirut shirt on right so mm-hmm. like you like you i'm guessing that there's a lot of rock music that you like are mm-hmm. you somebody who wants to like hear new bands and and just like know all the connections between like all different kinds of bands not to such an extent but i'm i'm a big fan of music and yeah this is an obscure band that most people wouldn't know about right right so it, took, it took a while to find that right and so there are some people who hear Britney Spears and you know there's no shade to to Britney I love Britney they like hear Britney Spears and they're like that's the music for me right right I am just gonna listen to Britney and go to like when Britney plays in Vegas I'm gonna go see her and that's what I like and I definitely don't think that there's anything wrong with that you Mm -hmm. know I don't think that that person is missing out because they've never heard Beirut what's that I say I kind of do there gotta be something wrong if all you listen to is Britney Spears I'm just gonna come up Uh, you know, but maybe know maybe it's saying. like that genre, right? Or like yeah. pop or something like pop that, music, you know, to extend yeah. the metaphor. And, you know, and some people, uh, some people also are like always running around and they have to like listen to music, new music and they don't like listen deeply to any one thing, yeah, yeah. right? So I think that, every, and it's the same with food, right? Like some people are like, I like 
meat and potatoes. Yeah. And then somebody, some people are going to be like, I'm going to spend all my money on being a foodie and going out and I want to yeah, cook yeah. and experiment and try different things. And, um, it, yeah. t- it took me a while to get to the place where I felt comfortable even being interested in experimenting. Yeah. In exploring. Because I felt it was always bad to like, you know, sleep around mm. and you didn't I get would that automatically from me. be. No, I would. I did not get it from you. So where did you get it from? It it could have been society. It could have been my sister. It could have, you know, it could be You're a lot of people. You're blaming that places. on your sister? I'm just saying it might have been. I don't know. It might have been. You know, Siblings she w- can be I saw, I saw her getting hurt when she would hook up with someone and then, you ah, know, they would kind of disown her. And then, you know, I, I kind of felt the same way. If I, if, if, I, I, it could just be me letting someone down if they wanted a relationship mm. or wanted something more from the hookup. Right. Then, then it would always, so it kind of pushed me away from experimenting. So it took me a long time to get to the point where I was like, oh, it's okay because some people also want to experiment. It, yeah. it also will help me in future relationships, mm. knowing myself. This is a, yeah, a you process. W- and you want to find the people who are on that same page of experimenting and playing yeah. with you. I, yeah. I, I, I think there's a sexual revolution going on. I really do. The, I, unless I'm just more and more associating with people that are trying new stuff. Because well, so how, have I, you seen that, how have you seen that change in your lifetime i have seen a change i mean at least i'm hanging around with people that are more like that maybe that's it maybe i'm gravitating yeah, yeah. towards that so you have a sexual revolution i just remember on. this one guy <laughs> that know. i was what always what? saying you have a sexual revolution which is amazing <laughs> i was thinking, i was like when i was single for the six months or something between my husband dying and my boyfriend um this one guy was having an affair and he was all this crazy stuff and he said to me he thinks there's a sexual revolution it's the first time i heard that you know Mm. and then the more that came and i've been interviewing people and talking to different um all different people that have been like into like young guys that are into snm and then we have you know so many different lifestyles of polyamory and we've interviewed so many different people on all different subjects from snm to to um it just it's incredible how many different people we've interviewed that have been in like the phone sex operator to the porn stars just yeah. it, what what could be happening is that people are more comfortable talking about it or we mm. create an environment where we invite people to talk about it which you is know. which is yeah. so important it, it doesn't necessarily mean that this did not exist in the past yes i don't know it's hard to separate what if it's just me or if it's all of society but something's yeah. going on people are much more open than they were when i was growing up that's that. I mean, I think that's great. Do you feel like that's great? Do you think oh, that's yeah. a good thing? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, cool. I feel bad about people constrained to just being, you know, one person monogamous sex all their life, and maybe they wanted to do other stuff. Maybe they wanted to be bisexual. Maybe they wanted to try different stuff, and they never were able to do it because can I, can I ask you something yeah sure so i came to new york because i wanted to explore part of it i wanted to explore sexually yeah it scares the fuck out of me i've, I've slept with like no 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 exploring sexually oh okay it really is, is nerve-wracking because if i have all this like pent-up like oh my god i'm gonna might hurt this person i might have feelings i might hurt myself anyway i, I mean you will yes so <laughs> it's, it's scary it's a dangerous little game yeah but i don't even know how to even begin to explore sexually like like where would you find all these communities or all the you know well i i mean i would maybe start with identifying what it is that you want to explore like realizing that there are so many different communities and you Mm. i mean is there something that you're interested in trying 
I, that's kind of I not really I, okay. I don't <laughs> I'm not like oh I've been really craving this or like it, it's not so like what that. do you want okay kind of just new experiences okay kind of like oh but you know if, if someone invited me to a sex party be like why not I, I would say why not and then I'd have a fucking panic attack for about <laughs> every, every day until I, I get I up I say to go that. for it I, I seriously I, I'm still mad at myself that I never had an orgy <laughs> it's definitely not too late <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you. I think you kind of want it, mom, and then you. But you feel like you're in this relationship where it's not possible, or no. As you know, what I think, I think it's like a Pandora's box that you open something up and you can't close it once you do it. So it's a question like, of whether or not you ever want to open it at all. Can you open it a crack? Stick your head out like a little gopher and run back in again? I you know, I think you can open in a crack um I, you know i i think that they're no go ahead so she well the only thing to consider is that she's been in a nine-year relationship now gotcha so that's the crack that she's like if she were single i mean am i if I'm i was single i'd probably be a wild animal no i'm just kidding i don't know <laughs> i mean i i had definitely um you know different one night stands but it was still very vanilla i mean nothing was really crazy so do you think that your current partner would be interested in having a threesome or how you know or like going to a sex party together what do you think him i have no idea i don't know I, <laughs> how your boyfriend I would think respond he, in a sexual is, setting he is like uh, just a wild thing so I, I i wouldn't put him past him for saying he probably would say yes to everything i ever suggested i mean you guys sound like a couple of wild things and it sounds <laughs> like you should like yeah, go so, out into the wild I don't I know, but then i can also I, see him uh, getting very protective yeah, you know what? That little jealous head can rear at any time. So sure. And and I I and I think I heard one of your podcasts where you were interviewing uh, I forgot somebody, and they were talking about how jealousy is going to enter into the picture. It doesn't. You can't say you're not going to be jealous. Well, I think that there are. I mean, my, I'll tell you my take on jealousy. My take on jealousy is that it's an emotion just like any other, and for various reasons, I think that we gave it a lot of weight or credence in our culture, where if you feel jealous, then you sort of feel like you have a license to say, this emotion is real and should dictate how we behave, hmm. instead, of, instead of thinking, oh, I feel jealous. I wonder what that's about. Like, yeah. maybe this is pushing a button that I have about an insecurity, or hmm. I feel shame, or I'm scared, like I'm scared, or, you know, the same as an insecurity, like I'm scared I'm gonna lose my partner. I'm scared that, um, right. you know, any number of things. And then it becomes, you know, there's a reason they call it a monster, right? And so then jealousy just becomes this monster that takes over and then you're not able to actually talk about what's really going on mm -hmm. um, or even break down like what it is that you both really want. So like, for example, there are a million different ways to have group sex, at, you know, as many permutations as you can imagine. So, right. like, you, you know, you, you and your partner could have Hip. a conversation where you say, you know, I really want to explore, you know, I've like, I, I really regret that I've never had an orgy. And so I, you know, I want to, uh, you know, I want to start small. <laughs> um, what is a threesome if not a small orgy? You can make a profile together, and that is an opportunity for you two to have a conversation about what you, what you know, sort of where the Venn diagram is of what you both want. You know, do you do you want to have that third person be a man or woman? Do you want that third person to you know be your guest star for the night, and then you guys are not going to have like a friendship or a relationship with that person? Any number of things. Uh, you know. Do 
do you want to all like kind of get together and just make out the first time and, and draw a line where, you know, uh, nobody touches anybody's bathing suit area like on the first date. You know, it's like you guys yeah. can have those conversations and then yeah. kind of have it be a project that you're doing together. And then if you and then you can have conversations afterwards about jealousy that might come up. Sure. And and be compassionate with each other. Of You know, I find sometimes when I like express my insecurity uh, insecurities about something to my partner, for example, like uh, just hearing compassion back about that and not being judged sometimes just like makes it go away and i'm like yeah. oh that's all i needed okay we can go I've, in and do this thing i've had the same experience yeah uh, i have a question for you unless you wanted to keep going down this line mom no 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 can we flip the script sure what has been your experience like about with communication with regard to sex with your parents hmm that um, was on my list cam you know i'll tell you a story when I was a teenager, I was very bookish and focused on school and in theater. I don't know. I was very convinced that I wanted to lose my virginity. I don't even like that term. But I wanted to have sex for the first time with somebody who I could feel really safe and trusting with. I don't even know why I knew that I wanted that. It's um, society. Society tells you you should do that with someone you're safe and trusted with. Yeah, but then yeah. a lot of people don't. So I don't, I don't know wh- where I got that sensible idea. But so I started dating my best friend. Um, it was like valedictorian and very nerdy when we were seniors in high school. And then I like went to the doctor and got on birth control. Uh, you know, this is in the late 90s. And then uh, and then we had sex and, and it was great and da da da. And we were always like very, uh, you know, using safer sex and um, uh and then there was this cover story in Newsweek magazine, which we subscribed to and we got at my at my house, um, that was about the new American virgin. I don't know if anybody listening remembers this, um, but uh, it was just all about, it was like an investigation of all of these young people who were like taking um, purity pledges and uh, some of them who had had sex, but then were you know allowed to like take their virginity back because they like were because it was like awful and they regretted it Mm. so then these organizations would be like you could be a virgin again like all you have to do is like you know all all this stuff so (laughs) i i found that even as a teenager i found this cover story so shaming and awful yeah so i wrote a letter to the editor this is like the kind of person i've always been i guess wait how old Um, were you like a teenager i was like 17 uh (laughs) so i wrote a letter Letter to to the the editor editor of newsweek saying okay so you're investigating these people but the fact that you didn't talk about teenagers who are responsible and make conscious decisions to have sex in their relationships and sex, consensual sex. I don't know what terms I put it in when I was 17, but like, you know, like sex within a relationship is actually, you know, something that uh, teenagers like do and should be allowed to do. And like some of us actually like do um, understand birth control and use birth control. And so like sex doesn't always have to be like either this like dangerous, awful thing. The, the opposite of that would be like some sort of like purity, remembering that this is the late 90s when 
you know, there was still so much information being given to young people about how sex could kill you because of HIV. Oh, um, wow. You know, especially, um, you know, when you are, uh, especially when you're young and queer and, and people are like, especially that, that will, that will especially kill you, right? So, so there's all this stuff. So I wrote this letter to the editor and of course I signed it with my name and my hometown. So my parents found out that I wasn't a virgin because of Newsweek magazine. It was published. It was, oh yeah, sorry. It was, wow. so it was published and, I come from a very small town, so everybody in the small town was like, "Holy shit!" Oh no, she's not a virgin. Da, da, da. It's in, it's right here in this nationally printed <laughs> magazine. So, <laughs> how did you God. respond to this? I mean, I was like, "That yeah, is you know, so uh, ridiculous!" Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, national uh, news: she has lost her virginity. Uh, you know, I mean, my parents separated when I was very young, and they don't, uh, uh, you know, they don't talk to each other i don't know we don't really we don't really talk about sex to be honest so so your mom your mom and dad separated when they were younger so were they like it at all concerned that you went into the bdsm community or did, what were what was i their mean feeling? i mean they they were when i you know there i did early on i did tell both of them and they both had concerns and I was like, okay, well, thank you for telling me that you're concerned and I know what I'm doing and I'm going to keep doing this anyway. Mm. So were they straight, kind of were they kind of straight-laced people? Like, were they accountants or something like, you know, that you would have to oh, very judgmental about accountants. Right? <laughs> I not mean, were they strippers? I mean, what was going on with them? They were not, I do not come from a long line of strippers, um, uh, although I have friends <laughs> who do. I think that my folks were very loving I should say um and have always supported me being an iconoclast and like being a weirdo and sometimes I think that I'm like here's the way that I'm a weirdo and then they're like ah and I'm like you have no one to blame but yourself for being so supportive of me (laughs) being myself so you like uh, reap what you sow um, yeah, that's kind of the dynamic that we have where sometimes they're like, I don't know about this. And I'm like, no, I don't care. But <laughs> Ma- Mom, how would you respond if I said I wanted to go into uh, the BDSM like world and, and work? When I, when I got done laughing, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I fell off my chair and started crying. You would, you would, your just, first response would be laugh at me. I, my first response would be like, not laughing going into gales of laughter like uncontrollably i might have a heart attack it'd be so funny why just because it would be so uh, so not 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 like what you would expect of me i have been pushing this kid to try to experiment sexually (laughs) since he was like this is why by the way this is why i haven't experimented that much you know because not always the way right when (laughs) you're like encouraged and if you ever want parenting 101 from me, tell the kids to do everything they shouldn't do, and then they won't want to do it. They'll rebel against you. Like, oh, yeah. my you God. Know, it's so funny. You know, my, a lot of my friends said, oh, don't let your kids have candy. I have candy out. No one touched the stuff. Halloween, is <laughs> like, sit there for a year. Oh, my soda, God. It's so funny. Soda pop. Yeah, drinking. Come on, guys. Let's get you drunk before you go to college. Nope. I don't <laughs> want to do that. How about getting high? Nope. Nope. No. We're not going to try any of this stuff until... You know, and so that that's how it ended up. They, it, at this point, Cam is um, he I'm, so, I, he's not a virgin anymore, but he's def- <laughs> he's not an experimenter. Thank you for clarifying. Wait, <laughs> mom, 
What? Did you find that out in a national magazine? How, how would yeah. you? Yeah, I think I read it in, in Time Magazine. Cam is no, no longer it, it, it probably came I, up. I heard about it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We, we haven't have interviewed been, her. We, we have actually, not interviewed the girl I lost my virginity to. We have not gotten to her or the guy no. that I lost my virginity to. This could so. be a duo episode. Yeah. See, are you in touch with that person? Are you both in touch with those people? Yes, yes. Oh, well, actually, not me, really, but I did, like, on a prior podcast, I just explained the same story, but I did uh, contact a guy and told him, thank you, because you you were excellent at helping me lose my virginity, and my life might not have been the same. You know, uh, going back to, to my story about my um, ch- uh, teenage virginity, I do want to say sort of related to the, um, the like reverse psychology thing that you were talking about, about like being really open as a parent and then your kids won't want to try anything fun. Um, I have definitely had moments of regret that I was so careful and restrained as a teenager um, and that I, uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, hey, I I turned out great, so that must have had something to do with it. But, like, you know, I'm sure that having that really, you know, and we, my uh, high school boyfriend and I stayed together, like, in, like, a year and a half into college. So, like, for the first two years that I was having sex, I was only having sex with the same person. Um, And I do think that um, that probably led me to be, like, uh, confident and well-adjusted and, like, a bunch of other things that I can, like, thank him for or thank myself for. Um, But, uh but I will tell you, I have like very acute, enduring fantasies of like being myself a teenager and like doing lots of stupid yeah. things, like getting, uh, you know, like drunk at parties and just like fucking anybody, you know. And uh, I think it's because. I would, and I don't, I wouldn't say I was repressed, but I was just like very like methodical and controlled and careful. And, um, yeah, this has been an ongoing struggle for me. Even, so I'm, I'm also into theater, Mm, even on stage. It's, I'm very like clean cut and like, Hmm. uh, you know, proper. And it's a struggle to break out of that. Interesting. And get messy and really just, you know, explore being human. Well, if you want to start experimenting sexually, you should get, especially while you're here in New York, you should get into some really weird performance art. I promise you, you'll also find (laughs) really kinky people to have weird sex with in in the <laughs> New York performance art scene. I, I would, promise you. I'm Cam. into clowning. This is. A, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's some clowns they, out there that would have probably, weird sex with me. Can you imagine this group? This it's like a group of guys and girls standing around with red noses on, getting ready to <laughs> go wild and have this massive I, clown orgy. Oh. Can, I, can I tell you that um, I am actually scared of clowns, and clowns oh. are like a, on a very very short list of like. Like no, like nose for me. Wow. Like like hard limits for me. I'm okay please. talking about it. I, I'm okay talking about it because uh, it's nice to have something that actually does like make talk about something that makes me uncomfortable because not a lot of things do. Oh um, my god. Uh, so like intellectually, I'm like okay, I can get into this. I, or I can get into to talking about it because I'm almost like fascinated with my own aversion <laughs> with it. Um, but I will tell you that I'm like. Uh, 
even the the thing that you were just describing, I'm that, like, I'm fucking out of here. Are you then. sweating? <laughs> are you sweating now thinking about that, that image? She's, so, like, she's gonna have nightmares because I just. I also don't. It. You know, I don't like masks. I don't like anything that like obscures the face. Well, this is so funny. It's so it's hilarious that I have such limited experience sexually, and yet this is I'm the only. And you are so open and experienced, and I'm the one thing that you are scared of. Yes. This is unbelievable. <laughs> oh my god. It's so, so funny. funny. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, why are people into that, listeners? Tina here, just reminding you, you may not want to accept it, but it's autumn, which means let's think positively. It's the time of year for pulling your leather jackets and boots out of the closet and figuring out who you want to keep you warm during the chillier months. Fall also says education to me, which is why it is the perfect time to check out the Pleasure Chests workshop series. Follow at Pleasure Chest stores on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for updates, or stop by your local Pleasure Chest in New York City, LA, or Chicago to get a class schedule. Workshops are always free at the Pleasure Chest and include 15% off your shopping that night in the store. Pleasure Chest sex specialists lead the education series with a carefully developed, queer-inclusive, kink-positive, pleasure-based ethos that makes up for the lack of sex ed that you probably got in school. New Yorkers, make sure to mark your calendars for the Sex Expo on September 22nd and 23rd in Brooklyn, where pleasure chest sex specialists will be teaching you all about orgasms, surrounded by the latest and greatest in sex toys and tech. Find out more at sexexpo.com or pleasurechest.com. Now back to the show. Oh, okay. Okay. So wait, I really want to figure out... I like a project. So I really want to figure out, I want to get you in an orgy, and I just want to get you to do something. I mean, first of all, if you want to go to a sex party, I, I think that- it. I can't I think that is so, I just, <laughs> You think it's cute? What is it? Baby steps. <laughs> I, think, I, I mean, I, I think a sex like, party, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, seriously, baby steps, because the other day I was on Bumble, and I just started talking to a girl who suggested we, we might hook up or, or hang out yeah she was flirting with me and i literally it was so overwhelming i almost shit myself i seriously wow. almost shit myself wow i almost okay. i was on the street okay, so i almost defecated <laughs> okay is, this is why i think going into a outright orgy just is just just not gonna happen right away but who yeah, knows maybe that's, that's a, the way you gotta maybe you don't like them when you you're throw me into the deep end you know, like you don't like gradually put them in and be just throw them in the pool. Maybe I should have done that. I with mean, you, sometimes you, you gotta just throw there. them in the fucking pool. <laughs> I might shit myself at the orgy. Well, okay, okay. Here's here's my here's my pitched 
here's my pitch to you. It's the thing research. about going the thing about sex parties is that if you I mean I've been to a lot of different ones so I can't like speak for I can't like guarantee because every every just like every party that you've ever been to like some of them fucking suck and some of them are great, right? But in general at a sex party there are all kinds of people doing their own thing. Like in at kink group parties we call them having scenes right which you could relate to as a theater person sure, right so sure. like literally like if you went to uh like a, a dungeon where a kinky party was happening there would be people who had dates with each other to do scenes and they would like wow. set up a little thing almost frankly like a little like theater thing set up and literally people will have costumes and props and they will have a sort of a little bit of like formality around like their scene starting and ending and voyeurism <sighs> is encouraged voyeurism is participating in a space like this because an exhibitionism is an an exhibitionist does is is nothing without a voyeur right or they they're not going to be able to express themselves without voyeurs and sometimes people (laughs) especially really love to show off to someone who has is has less experience than them oh my god so if you go to a party and (laughs) you know just being you know and you have you you have the look of what you are which is like a you know a boyish shy person oh my god (laughs) great I mean, perfect, you do. I, you know, if, sorry, not if, sorry. Am I going to be taken advantage of if I go to these? <laughs> I mean, I cannot guarantee you. that you that you won't be taken av- advantage of. I would say that probably people would. My guess would be that <laughs> there would be people there who would find you attractive for your the like innocent vibe that you give off and would definitely sort of be like seductive in a like I'm gonna eat you alive kind of way oh my god (laughs) seriously it's so scary to me but I guess this is is part of my learning experience to fucking say no this is no I'm here to to watch get the fuck away well uh, you or you could be nice about it I'm here to watch please you know but also like if somebody comes over and they're like hey like is this your like if if a like beautiful like sort of like sexually intimidating lady comes over and is like oh like I haven't seen you here before you know are you here with someone like is this your first time do you like want to have a scene with me do you want to play with oh me what God. are you into you could always say you could say to her wow thank you so much for asking I am actually really just here to watch and a good you know if you're at a good party with good people with clear rules that person's gonna be like oh thank you so much for taking care yourself like i'm gonna sail away now and oh, like go, like eat someone else for dinner you know so, wait, so, so how do you find out though if it's a safe party where they're going to respect that boundary i mean most parties and, and you can find out about parties like this on fetlife uh various <laughs> other forums and i can't promise you that everyone is going to respect your boundaries at every party any more than i can promise you that everyone in a bar is going to respect your boundaries right, right. Yeah. but like you know, also, uh, it might be good, just like it's good to have experiences in bars. And, you know, it, women have to learn this from a very young age. You have to learn, like, how to be assertive and say no yeah. or no when to just, like, smile and be polite and, like, push someone away. Do you have to be naked at these parties? You don't have <laughs> I mean, some. there are some parties that would require you to be naked, but m- many... I would say that that's the exception to oh, okay. rather than the rule. I'm, I'm, I'm game for this. Cool. What? It, 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 honestly, yes. I'm game for it. it. It gives me the same feelings of of frightened as walking to a haunted house. I was about but, to say he just left an escape room literally two days ago. 
I, I didn't even go into the escape room because I got very nervous in haunted houses. I think I'm a nervous person. I think so. I, this is why I'm in New York, <laughs> to get over like, the nervousness. I, I mean, need we these have experiences. A, I mean, we have a lot of very neurotic people here. Um, <laughs> Are you calling me neurotic? Uh, <laughs> you said that you were nervous. <laughs> the other thing that I was going to say is that you actually might find that you feel less nervous at a sex party because then you do talking to someone who's expressing interest in you because it's also possible you'll go to this party and fucking no one will talk to you. Oh my uh, God. Uh, which is, is that worse? I don't know. <laughs> that I don't know. That's a whole new thing that I didn't even think of. But but there's but there's not, you you could take it from me, like, or learn, learn from my, I don't want to say mistake, but learn from my experience. My first uh, experiences going to sex parties, I definitely put a lot of pressure, and I was like 25, I put a lot of pressure on myself to always have to participate in some way. Mm. Otherwise, I would feel, you know, even I, I definitely had access to a lot of like subcultures and undergrounds um, and, and various things, but even I sort of always had this sense of like, well, if I don't do it now, like the, you know, this like portal might close and I might never actually get the opportunity to have yeah. sex at a, at a sex party again. So I totally slept with people that were just like the people that were there at the end of the night that I wasn't even that attracted to or that didn't even like deserve to sleep with me because they didn't like have that great of game. But I was yeah. just like, let's do this. Yeah. You know, and basically like <laughs> masturbated with them. You're so, so you know, honest, Tina. I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. That is awesome. You know, yeah. And so I, I think that and because of having that experience, you know, it's not like it tainted me forever. But in retrospect, I've realized that that I really want to give people permission, especially like younger people who don't have uh, as much experience with spaces like this, to give to give people permission to just go and like enjoy the thrill of like of crossing that threshold of that intense social taboo of being around other people who are having sex or yeah. doing kinky things. And you're if you go to a kink party, you're gonna see people spanking, you're gonna see people doing bondage, you're gonna see people like doing doing all kinds of different things, and you might actually be like oh that's what that's like or that's what that could be like with these kinds of people Probably i got an we'll idea get, like, i got an idea okay i yeah. will go to one in, in chicago or la you go to new york and we will talk about our experiences later it's a great idea done it's a great done. idea there you what go. if i bring a friend so it's, it's, you can it's, totally a bring a friend for doing I, it. a reason a professional reason to do it so you don't have to feel like you want an excuse i, I don't need an excuse i'm what i my reasons guys i want need to conquer these fears well, you could be like you can put your sort of investigative reporter hat on i do yes, that sometimes like yeah. yeah i think this is a great idea i can't wait to hear back about it and to answer your question you can totally bring a friend in fact it is probably a good idea to have a female friend with you and some some parties like actually will not let a man in without a female friend to vouch for them i was thinking a guy friend to protect <laughs> me seriously <laughs> well this is honestly that was what i was thinking you're, you're like, gonna you're have doing, a guy friend to protect you yeah i give him i give him like, like a, a bodyguard tap. i tap my nose and i'm like this, I, this this is too much for me I need like to. like I the mean, guy I could do that for you my friend uh, yeah that's true too but i don't have that many lady friends here oh well that's another piece of advice that i have for you get some lady friends get some lady friends I bet. can i ask you a question and yes. i will understand if you don't want to answer this question okay. in front of your mom great what do you think about when you masturbate or what oh, kind of porn do you like we've talked about this this is not Literally, anything unusual. A, honest to god okay in the last few days 
I, I don't usually watch porn for the record. Okay. I'm ext- it's too much. You should it's watch almost, more porn. It's, 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 I'm very overstimulated by it. And it doesn't really, it's not like, it's not my favorite thing. That's cool. I need just like way tamer things and that's sure. it. Sure. Like what? 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 Photos. Looking at, looking at like, a Playboy magazine or oh, something. Oh my gosh, you're so old fashioned. That's cute. I, it could be anything. You know, yeah. whatever. You could, it could. So you like a picture of a sexy person? Yes, pictures <laughs> better than video. Just too intense. It's too intense for me. I, yeah. I guess I'm very sensitive. Is a what vic- I've been discovering. A Victoria's recently. Secret mag- uh, <laughs> catalog. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. I don't need you making fun of me, mother. I'm not making fun. This is so. Are the like do, what do the ladies even have like spread? Are they do they like spread their legs? Or are they just like standing there naked? It it could just be like a, a picture of a girl in a bikini. It doesn't even wow, need to be okay. that intense. That's to- I mean, I'm not yucking your yum. Thank you. Yeah, I'm vanilla as fuck. Uh, yeah, that is really. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm aware of this. This is why I'm in New York to help me get over this shit. But you were turned on by the sound of that um, that woman having an orgasm. I was. Well, that was. In the I did not know that. I did not know that. In the episode, I was like, "Oh my god, this is getting my my. I'm getting all like hot. Oh, like, I physically I warm. Know. I did not know that at all. You I'm could just try. The first, I've heard of it. If you feel you listen to the episode. If you feel overstimulated by porn, you could first of all, please pay for your porn. We can talk about that more. Um, but you could turn on a porn and like just put it somewhere else or like close your eyes or like ju- and just listen to the sounds. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, systematic desensitization. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You'll put I'll, a blindfold on that. yourself. Anyway, I mean, sounds are really sounds are really sexy. The story, the, the, basically, the bo- the bottom line was that I I ended up this week. I was like, you know what? I just need to. I'm trying it. I just, you know, I haven't watched porn in a while. Why don't we try it out? I I I, I turn on the, the, the porn site. I'm I'm looking. And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin with this thing. So <laughs> I I'm looking at the categories. There's yeah. like cartoon porn. Oh yeah. I was gonna ask you why are people into that? That's oh a very yeah, confusing we should. Oh, I'm one. gonna I'm gonna write that down. We'll talk Co- about that. So I I you know I'm I, and, I'm literally looking for the, these categories are so specific. Japanese, uh, you know, big boobs, small boobs, mm. you know, you know everything. Yeah. I'm looking attractive woman. This is it. But <laughs> different people find different things attractive. Yeah, you're right. I should get so sp- more a, specific. But you know, and a lot of those categories are are very reductive. Some of them are very racist. Sometimes they become utilitarian, where you're like, ugh, I really don't like that this is the way that this is constructed on Pornhub. But I I want to find the imagery that I'm looking for. Mm. Or the kind of person that I'm attracted to, so I'm gonna click on this thing, like even though you know, I feel like find this fucked up. It might be a lot for me to walk into this party. That's true. Well, well how did I'll you feel? Wait, you went to the, women, the sexual health expo, and there was some heavy duty uh, couples going at it. We and uh, remember there, that the one the in New York or LA? LA. Oh, cool. I was at there the was one in New York people, last year. Oh, really? And this year, I'm actually going to be at this one too. Did they have two people that were like lathering each other up with oils and like sliding all over each other? No, but I would love to watch that. I was watching that next to my mother. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> what did you, did you like that? Right. The way you I said it just happened I... to be we were standing next to each other. It wasn't like we were together there trying to like get off or something. I was I was kind of just I thought it was kind of funny because it, my mom was so close by I couldn't really get into the whole situation. And you were also yeah. Facebook living it at the time too. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't yeah. you know I, I don't know maybe I'm getting tainted or something because I, that did not turn me on either. <laughs> Nothing turns me. I on don't know. Like there that. was a little something was not very turning. That was not a very arousing. Experience. Not arousing at all. No. I, I yeah, don't know. I mean it, I I think some people. 
some people are really into like oils and and like wet like people are into wetness or people are into wrestling also um and sometimes you know people are just like these people are hot so whatever they do i find hot yeah well, uh, i gotta ask you a question here because someone on my no, youtube channel asked me this okay note that we are coming up on time over here yeah i just okay. wanted so to ask you real yeah. quickly this guy says to me because we had talked about uh, cuckolding um, oh yeah oh yeah let's talk about it's a big thing on my uh my youtube channel about that and this guy is asking me about a cuck queen like a sexually oh, yeah. submissive woman who gets off on being cheated on by her partner with a woman who is preferably younger thinner and more attractive than her blah 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 but um what is that all about who i, I guess it's just another uh flavor of kink yeah should we talk about let, okay let's let's switch gears okay um and do the wire people into that game yeah. where we do a, a, like a um usually on my episode we'll like pick one subject and dive really deep into it but i've been doing things lately especially live and and when i'm uh doing like crossover episodes where i think it can be fun to kind of do like little like mini versions of uh, conversations around several different topics like a lightning round yes lightning round exactly lightning. i have thought about no go ahead lightning round Lightning I have thought about constructing it more like a game, but I'm like very bad at games, so I like have no head for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But maybe you guys can help me with that. Um, so so let's do it. So let's do wire people into cuckolding. What is what is you got? What what's your perspective on on cuckolding? Oh, and then I, we can do cuck queening too. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I th I I I don't think I I don't I have no idea. I I, I, I so that's my response. I okay. have no idea why they're into it. Oh, you might be into it. I, 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 might, I might be into it. Who knows? What's okay. your What's your perspective on it? Um, I would I, I've heard about it a lot lately on my channel. So um, I know the, I know the reason that the guys are into it. They they get off on it. They they're submissive guys and they get off on um, being humiliated by their wife having sex in their bed or whatever in a hotel room yeah. or whatever. And yeah. as long as it's consensual, I think it's cool. You know, whatever whatever totally. floats your boat, right? Basically. I just wouldn't be, I might be interested in, in, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really like this. I don't have this evil side of me that would want to hurt my partner and like tell him what, you know, humiliate him, even if they, cause I had a guy even want me to do that on, uh, he's like, I'll pay you on Patreon if you mm. would just make me do terrible things and don't allow me to masturbate or swallow my own semen. I, I'm like, you know what? I'm not into any of that stuff. I just couldn't do it. I was like, you know, you want to leave, leave. But uh, I just, I don't. Well, send, send him to me. I, I'm no, I, <laughs> I, I, I got one that uh, will pay for $3,000 to eat my, my, my shit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'll um, send them to uh, you, I mean, too. I mean, you can definitely send them to me. Um, uh, uh, also, I will say that um, in my experience, guys who are into brown showers or scat play, which is not something I've talked about on my show, actually. So good job, guys, for wow. bringing this up. Um, uh, it's very, yeah, it, uh, clowns, scat, you know, we're getting into all <laughs> kinds of um, extreme territory. Um, a lot, a lot of, in my experience, a lot of people who ask for that are because it's such an intense uh like stigma um that like for example even i i'm like Ew. let's all just be shameless and have a sexual revolution like you were saying and even i am like mm, should we do that though mm. should we eat shit though like so the fact that like even somebody like me is like skeptical about it i think speaks to how extreme and thrilling it is so i know i i see it, it's a very common thing for wankers to do and by a wanker i mean somebody who uh will like for example like call up a dungeon with no intention of actually 
like paying people for their time or booking uh who wants to waste people's time and they, they want to go straight to the thing that is like really thrilling that they think will shock people and they're kind of yeah, shocking I think themselves. He was a, I think he was a wanker because we found out that the same person had contacted like other, like, um, yeah. like yeah. a sex, yeah. phone sex wanker. operator. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think he's a wanker. It. And uh, just wanted to see what I would say. Yes. And which, and by the way, uh, that, all of that is fucked up to me and I would, uh, you know, even more fucked up than eating shit I think is wasting people's time. Yeah. Um, And you know, if you, if you have a, if you have negotiated a consensual, uh, you know, scene or exchange or transaction or, or or if you're both into it, um, it doesn't always have to be for money um, uh, where somebody shits in your mouth. I'm like, you know what? Do that. Do it consensually maybe do some research and make a risk or assessment um, about the like health risks around yeah. that. Um, but like, go for it, but don't fucking waste my time. Yeah, like don't. Yeah, yeah. And because that's unconsensual. Right. Oh. So anyway, we're like getting totally off from, um, from cuck- we like went from cuckolding to scat in about 30 seconds. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Cuckolding. I really liked what you said that, you know, even if you're like, I don't really understand it and I don't know if I would do it, but if it's consensual, go for it. And I, you know, definitely think that that's true of cuck queening as well, which is basically just a term for that gender dynamic being switched. So cuckolding is when you have a, uh, the uh, gen- in general, heterosexual couple, um, the, uh, the uh, female partner sleeps with a man who is who is not her partner in a in a way that is designed to um, like make her male partner aware of it. Let's just say in general, make mm-hmm. her uh, make like make him aware of it. And for a lot of people, there's a humiliation aspect. For yeah. a lot of people, there's like a domination and submissive um, uh, aspect. Not always. Sometimes it can just be um, sensual. Um, and then cut queening would be. Um, when um, a a man sleeps with a woman that is not his female partner um, and Mm -hmm. then makes the female partner aware of the fact, either because she's, you know, again, it's like the person who is being cuckolded or cuckqueened, like, could could actually be in the room watching. Right. Or they could just, uh, you know, uh, like, hear about it afterwards or they have to, like, eat the other person's cum out or they yeah they yeah cut, i've had know. that yeah they told me about that too so how common sure is this do. cut queening thing i don't know how i mean how how can i, I answer that i don't know how it. common I, it is i, never I, I actually that. i actually think um it's the other way around more i think uh yeah i mean i um i don't have any stats so i i would say that um I don't know how common it is, but I don't think that it's weird. I mean, I think that the was why are people into cuckolding and cuckweening? Um, we have when I mean, we've already talked about monogamy and um, and polyamory and also being how intense it is to be in the room when other people are having an orgasm, even if you're just listening to someone having an orgasm or you're in a room watching people being tied up or watching other people having sex. Um, that is so extreme. And I think that because that taboo is so extreme, um, sometimes people, um, I think that sometimes people construct these scenarios in which they can indulge the simple act of watching somebody else have sex mm-hmm. so they're like oh if the, if there's this whole elaborate scenario around it then 
I can do this thing that I know is taboo and, and wrong that I've been like told not to do, right? And so also if they construct a thing where they're like, well, I'm watching the, you know, other people have sex because somebody is making me do it. Somebody is like forcing me to do it. Um, that, you know, that can, that can be a thing. Um, and, you know, a lot of people get off on humiliation. It is, you know, embarrassment and humiliation are extremely strong emotions. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, any super strong emotion can be Lead to arousal. transformed. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, it yeah, can arousal, be connected yeah. to arousal. That's right, hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, but you know, and and but I also think that sometimes, um, like a that that dynamic of what well, you know. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Um, your the YouTube commenter um, referred to it as cheating, and I would say that I would define cheating um, as you know, uh, like extra relational uh, sex um that is dishonest right so if you're if you're if you're open and having a conversation about it being honest then i i wouldn't call it cheating i, I agree right? with you. that's my definition as well i agree with you yeah um so what's so, the, yeah. well let me ask you something so what is uh the most bizarre and then without judging what most bizarre sexual experience you've ever heard of or had yeah, I mean it's all relative. Um, <laughs> one person's one person's bizarre is another person's Norm. Tuesday. Yeah, um, clowning, clowning, for example. Um, um, what is something that I've done that was shocked me? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Oh, you're so vanilla. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm like so kinky that I've like gone around to the other side. She of can't even like, think. Yeah, you had you had missionary position sex. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I I would say that there have been times when I have had like, um, n you know, con more conventional sex, and it was really great. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. Cool. Um, fuck, man. I can't. Uh, okay. Okay. I will tell you a story that is not. Can I tell you a story that's not my story? Of course. That didn't. That didn't happen to me, but is just the most extreme thing I've ever yeah. heard of. So a friend of mine who is a very experienced, long-time, kinky, leather, queer person, just like million sex parties. You know, she's seen it all. Um was telling a story about this particular individual who was just really into pushing their own boundaries and other people's boundaries, just like anything that would be, you know, if, if, this, if this person is in a scene of people who do, you know, bizarre and, and like extreme things, they were like want definitely to be the most sensational person there, mm -hmm. right? So this person apparently was in a relationship with someone who was a surgeon and so what they did was oh God. at oh. a play party, they uh, actually had um, the surgeon um, remove part of her flesh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Never mind. I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> Cut. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> no, we're done. I'm done. You're okay. done. Cam, you want more? 
I kind of I want to hear the rest of it. They, oh, okay. They 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 cooked it. Oh my god. They what, cooked what, what part it. of part of her? I don't know. It's something that I mean, he was a surgeon, so it was something that he knew that he could take off without hurting it's her. So intense. Did he have it's to do so stitches? Stitches or something? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I assume so. She survived to tell the tale. So, oh um, my god, this is like a uh, yeah. I mean, I think the idea was to do something. something that she could um, survive. Holy hell! Uh, yeah, and and I will. You know, the reason, the most interesting thing about this story to me, is that the thing that got them kicked out of the party was not this thing, but the fact that because they were cooking it, <laughs> everyone in the party could smell it which means that everyone in the party was unconsensually being forced to participate in Ooh. the cannibalistic aspect Whoa. of uh, of the, of the scene right yeah. so they were like that's oh, that's not it. cool okay what what that's what not cool. what was the part of the body i don't i honestly uh, don't know like I honestly a, like don't know. like ooh. oh oh <sighs> my god I thought that I thought my my story about this guy that wanted to actually he wanted me to go to a hotel shit in the toilet leave the leave the room and then he's gonna just eat it out of the toilet I thought that was the kicker but apparently not no man. I I'm very very <laughs> very plain Jane today this is this <laughs> listen I, you know I'm just I wasn't there but I do I trust the person who told this story and actually it's been corroborated. So this oh, definitely wow. happened. It definitely happened. Um, so those, those but, yeah. movies that you see with everybody's wearing those black, you know, you know, the black hoods and everything, th those parties actually occur. Like, you know, like they, you see in like Banshee. I mean, or, I've yeah. never been to one where people are wearing capes and black hoods. You know, it's usually more like, you know, leather vests and boots and stuff. And I also don't want to give like these parties a bad rap. Like there's all kinds of like weird Hannibal Lecter no, shit going no, on. No, like, no, like a lot a of the, you know, you'll I, see everything. You I know, at the parties that I go to, you see everything from like, you know, uh, spanking to like role plays of, um, you know, like people pretending to be like different ages than they are, or people being puppies, or like, oh, um, wow. yeah, like lots of bondage, lots of like impact play, like corporal punishment kind of stuff. Anyway, do you want to talk about cartoons? <laughs> I think why do people watch cartoons? cartoons? I want. I actually you want to know as well. Cartoons. I do want to know. You know, you know cartoons are very popular, like on you know on internet in internet porn. Like, are you talking um, about this anime, or are you talking about just cartoons in general? Well, I think you know. I think specifically what I'm talking about is like when people make cartoons, sometimes of like known characters, like Disney characters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but also sometimes, yeah, like a uh, hentai. I believe it's called. Yeah, the, like, that's anime, what the name like, of Japanese. Yeah. Um, that was going on. Uh, at, that was going on at the convention room next to Exotica. So you have these people dressing up in these little cartoony animals, and then you have the the porn stars at Exotica right next door. <laughs> it was just a so that's. So that's like either either cosplay or furries, like when people like yeah. dress up as oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, as animals in real life. So so then like cartoon, you know, in terms of cartoons, I think that part of the reason that people like it is because you're not watching a real person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, and in a cartoon, you can do anything, right? So you could like fuck on the ceiling, or like people <laughs> could people could you can Bounce defy around. laws of physics. Oh, people could people could be you know, or you can see like a character that you know like you know like Belle from Beauty and the Beast or whatever like fucking Ariel the Mermaid you know I don't know where her genitals are but, are you interested um, in any of that I'm not, that doesn't you know I, I am I, it's not my like go-to masturbation material but 
I definitely remember like looking at stuff like that on the internet when I was when the internet was new and I was a virgin. <laughs> maybe like, this is a good place for me to start. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that may uh, be the way to go. I, but then it will be hard for you to live out those fantasies, you know. That's true, too. <laughs> I'm setting myself up for failure over there. You might be. You yeah. might be. But I definitely have um, lots of friends who who love cartoon porn. Interesting. I think there's also something about, like, the corruption of innocence, right? Um, where you have these characters that you associate with, like, innocent, you know, princess time. Do you, time, do you feel like um, there's a desensitization about if if someone watches a lot of porn that they can get desensitized in a sense that the what initially had made them excited will not make them excited because they keep going to further and further extremes i don't think that do you i i have i have seen yeah i've seen guys that guys that just they one guy did not want to have sex because he wanted to stay home and masturbate to porn he, do, he was doing it five times a day so, I mean, yeah. that sounds like somebody who has a compulsion problem. Yeah, and right. I think it's like, easy I don't, to you fall know, into that. You know, and, uh, and probably also like a fear of intimacy. And like, I think that reports of, th- of porn having that effect on people and being like a public health menace as the 2016 Republican Party does actually define porn as a public health menace. Oh, my God. You know, I think that those reports are greatly exaggerated. I think that they take advantage of a lot of the sex shame that I feel like uh, our, all of our projects are about sort of like getting rid of that shame. I, 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 that I guess my, my problem with, really with porn is especially if young people are watching it, like really young, like seventh and eighth grade or whatever, and their first ex- see, scene that they see is not of like, you know, a man and a woman or even a guy and a guy. It's maybe a gangbang, you know, where a girl is sure. visibly traumatized. I, I think that that could be problematic t- to me that to have that be a first experience watching anybody having sex or you know or if that's what you think is the norm because you get in and it, i've talked to porn stars it said you should not get your education from porn because it's not it's not well, really the, well that's the problem you know i mean we we also live in a society that does not give young people comprehensive sexual education of right. any kind not right. we don't actually really teach about safer sex and we definitely don't give like a pleasure-based education at all or teach about consent or relationships to young people so you know i would say that it's not porn's fault porn is an entertainment industry and there's a demand for erotic entertainment for adults you know women in gangbang porns are do not always like appear traumatized you know it's sometimes the women in the, I, I know a lot of women who do gangbang porns and they're like fuck yes like I fuck I know we, we, like, we've interviewed them we've interviewed them there are definitely yeah. those that did enjoy it but I also feel like some of the porn shows women that are not enjoying it on purpose because that turns certain people on so but that's, a, yeah. but that's a, I mean but if they're being if they're being dominated if you know if the if the fiction or the fantasy is that the women are being dominated then the problem is about people distinguishing between fantasy and reality right. and understanding that you know people also enjoy watching horror movies people also enjoy watching sports where everybody people butt the cam. shit out of each other what's that i said everybody butt cam he does not like horror <laughs> movies he cannot stand horror movies 
I mean, you're very, you know. We know. You're, you're <laughs> nervous. Highly sensitive. You're nervous. Highly sensitive. Uh, you know, and the example that I always give is people should not learn to drive from watching Fast and the Furious. It's a good, I like that. But yeah. Fast and the Furious is a very popular form of entertainment in which there are trained professionals making I- extreme fantasies of what it could be like to drive a car because it seems very thrilling, yeah. right? Yeah. So, okay. so if if we, you know, but nobody's saying ban Fast and the Furious movies because young people are getting the wrong idea about how to drive a car. It's like you're a kid, you see a Fast and the Furious movie, you're like, holy shit, that sounds fun. And then you learn how to drive a car and you, most people do not then attempt to like surf on a motorcycle or whatever happens in those <laughs> movies. As long We're, as it's, so as long as, as people, as you know, especially uh, younger people are watching it, realize that it is fantasy it is well not everybody is is lucky to have a mom like you you know who that's true this is true i hope Um, that's kind of our goal of our podcast is to have people become like more open about the boundaries and talk about things that maybe you shouldn't be talking about and make you uncomfortable and everything else so what's your what's your like closing advice to people about having like more open conversations in families about sex I say that you push yourself to just make yourself uncomfortable if it if it means uncomfortable. But if somebody comes up and asks you a question, you open, you honestly talk about it openly, and I think you're it's only going to help your relationship in every aspect. Especially totally. especially I, if you if someone asks you. I mean, I I don't rec- I don't recommend that people just go up and say, "We're going to have that birds and the bees talk right now, Sonny. Now sit down. I want to talk about, about vaginas. And, you know, but if you if the if someone walks up and asks you a question, you'd be prepared to answer it. Totally. I really couldn't agree more with you that like discomfort, discomfort is kind of like, je- like what I was saying about jealousy. Like we shouldn't be so concerned with trying to avoid mm. discomfort. Like it's fine. And yeah. you too. You don't be so, you Look, know, worried I'm trying. About it. <laughs> I'm trying. It's an uphill battle for me. Yeah. I believe in you. Thank you. Yeah. You've got a lot of promise. Thank you for all your advice. You're welcome. Yeah, Anytime. you are awesome, Tina. Wow. Hey, th- this it, has been really fun. This has been super fun. If people want to find you, what? how can they do that? Totally. Um, so they should go to wirepeopleintothat.com um, or uh, definitely recommend subscribing on ACAST. Um, ACAST has been kind enough to lend us their studio today. Um, and uh, uh, find out more about my work on tinahorn.net. That's T I N A. H-O-R-N dot net. Um, I have Patreon. If you want to give me $3,000 to shit in your mouth, I am <laughs> open to negotiating that. Or if you want to give me $5 to support my work, that <laughs> also works too. And that's patreon.com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N. And I'm on all the social media as at Tina Horn's ass, which is spelled the same as at Tina Horn's ass. Oh, that's Love awesome. It. And what about you guys? Where can people find out more about you? Well, you can look us up in any podcatcher like iTunes Store, Stitcher at Sex Talk with My Mom, uh, again on the Acast app. You can also find us on Instagram at Sex Talk with My Mom, on Twitter at Sex Talk Podcast, on Facebook at Sex Talk with My Mom. Uh, and Patreon, Mom? Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. We could use any help you at this point to keep that communication going. Yeah. <laughs> at so, Sex Talk with My Mom. Yeah. And, and both Cam and I both have our own individual YouTube channels. Uh, he's Single cool. Cam Comedy, and I'm Karen Lee Potter. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank you, guys. How fun. Have a great night. Oh, I cannot wait to hear about this one. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, Tina.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 